flyover state of film was shot in front of a live studio audience. Welcome back to the flyover state of film flyby. It's been a while since we've done a flyby. Uh, we've been doing, you know, amazing content and missing out of uh, drop dates. But, you know, Stephanie and Ryan don't mind when we don't post on a regular basis. Um, so I don't know if you, oh, sorry. Let me introduce the guys. Uh, so always I have Brian, TJ, and Joe with me. Um, I don't know, guys, did you hear that uh, Quentin Tarantino has a new movie out, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which sucks ass. Who? This unknown? This is this is like a small indie director or something? Yeah. I don't know if I've heard of this guy before. Honest. I think he, he did Desperado, right? Ah, yeah. That's one of my faves. Yes, 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 yes. So, uh, you know, when whenever a new movie comes out of a director that has at least one movie, you know, so you have two, at least right, two, minimum two. Once second movie. Yeah. Uh, rankings have to occur. Right, so it's time to you rank have them. It's time to, to rank. compare them. Hell yeah. You have to rank. You have to rank them. So what we did, meaning we, meaning me, um, I took the averages of at least uh, 15 sites plus Rotten Tomatoes and, and Metacritic and created a bracket because everybody loves brackets. Man, it Your sounds microphone. like you really did a lot of charting on this one, yeah. Yusuf. Good yeah. job. Call me the the Stan of Shart. Um, the Stan <laughs> of Sharts is is the box office. It's very important. Very important. All the points. All the points. So, um, what I did, I did an average of all those uh, fifteen uh, sites. Created a bracket. Um, probably displaying right now through the magic of editing you're seeing the bracket on our number one seed we have pulp fiction classic couldn't fall uh, far from it uh, with an average of 1.7 uh, it's going up against hateful eight uh, with an average of 7.2 oh sorry i should i should put the caveat we're not including once upon a time because why should we stay relevant also uh, also, because eight makes a much better bracket. Yes, what are you going to put? Then you got to set one aside. Yes, you got a, a weird eight. Eight makes a, bra a bracket. And I saw Hobbs and Shaw. Now, I wanted to ask so, you about this number system. How is it that this is like golf rules? So the number with the, the, the one with the lowest number is the better one? Has, is the better no, no, ranking? Ranking, ranking. So they, 
It's uh, how many times Pulp Fiction was ranked number one. Oh, and then oh. I averaged it out. Um, his The lowest ranked uh, Pulp Fiction got was fifth. And the highest uh, Hateful Eight got six. And that averaged out to 1.7 for Pulp Fiction. Uh, this is, we're not going to get into the minutia. So I, it's, I, 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 just, you know, listen to our some, other Just show. for the stat checkers out there. I want so to know let that me get through the bracket. Let me get through the bracket before my, my feet falls asleep because this bit is running too long for my flexibility. Um, so we got um, Hateful Eight with an average of 7.2. The next mashup is uh, Reservoir Dogs with an average of 3.5 and falling into a number four spot versus Kill Bill 1 and 2 because Quentin Tarantino classifies it as one movie. Uh, that's an average of 4.5. On the on the other side of the bracket, we have uh, Inglorious Bastards at number three, uh, with an average of 3.4 versus D Django Unchained with an average of 6.1, and our mm, final matchup silence. is uh, Death Proof with an average of 6.8 versus Jackie Brown with an average of 2.8, and my feet goes down. <laughs> oh, so Jackie Brown is number two ranked then? Yeah. Right. Let's start this. That's bitch. actually kind of a pleasant surprise. Yeah, no, well, I, I actually, there was a lot of uh, websites that ranked at number one. So that was, that was kind of hurt. Thank you, it's... contrarians. Yeah. <laughs> so how about we start with the easiest one just to break a sweat? How about we uh, talk about, so we're going to do it rotation-wise. Uh, somebody has to help me out because I'm only seeing uh, beautiful Joe's face, so I don't know oh, the order. Our order, our order is I'm left corner, Brian's right okay, corner. Okay, I'm seeing it right there. So how about – I'm seeing it right now. So how about we start with Joe, and then we're just going to rotate through the bracket. Joe, uh, Pulp Fiction versus uh, D uh, – sorry, Hateful Eight. Pulp Fiction versus Hateful Eight? Well, here's the thing. It, it, I think this is a clear knockout easily. It's Pulp Fiction. I mean, why waste time? I want to talk about Pulp Fiction later. I'll save some guns in the chamber. Hateful Eight, was a, yeah. Hateful Eight was a nice <laughs> uh, stage play that turned into a movie. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it for what it is. And I never want to watch it again because it's long as shit and uh, kind of pointless. All right, uh, Brian. Um, yeah, I agree. We can just save Pulp Fiction for a round that's... Uh, important but yeah uh hateful eight what's the deal with shooting a movie in 70 millimeter and then setting it all in a cabin like oh, i don't understand I that. Say that like, like there's some it, beautiful shots i think there's of, some beautiful like, shots in the more and there's some it's well shot inside but like i just don't understand the panoramic camera like what it's just very indulgent not as indulgent as the really terrible uh quentin tarantino voiceover that just like drops in in the middle of the movie that's real bad. That um, the... Some amazing performances in it, like always. Oh, I mean, he's a dr- oh come on, don't give me that look. Jennifer Jason Lee is great. Oh Kurt yeah, Russell she's great at getting punched in the face. She's yeah, so she's good, good but she's still really good in the movie. She uh, does get hit a lot, that, but she's very good. That movie um, offers two things to me: Walton Goggins and uh, the uh, Channing. Oh, this is all spoilers, by the way, guys. And the Channing Tatum cameo, surprise cameo. Those uh, were fun. See, the Channing Tatum cameo to me felt like it's like, well, I had Brad Pitt in my movie and I had uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in Django. So who's hot now? Who's going to be my like get them get some butts in seats, little like spoiler treat for the normies. And that's, yeah. it felt very kind of unnecessary for me. Did they already do the Channing Tatum thing in a uh, 
This is the end, like that much nice better. Done oh, much that's a better. much better cameo. That is a much better cameo. That might be <laughs> so, one of the best cameos of all time. Yeah. So we have uh, two Paul Fictions. Uh, TJ, where are you going? Oh, well, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to say every scene from Pulp Fiction right now, starting with, uh, I mean, <laughs> I've only. I need I've to run seen... this down. I'm yeah. going to do them in chronological order so it makes it make more sense. <laughs> it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. Already. Start off with the penny, with the watch in the ass. <laughs> yeah. Story. I mean, I, I'm probably the only one in this that enjoyed Hate Weight more than the others, but I also saw it during a snowstorm and like just like hanging out at the house and Netflix it one morning. Okay. So that. But I mean, Pulp Fiction is, you know, self-explanatory for this. So you know where I'm going with this. It's got to be Pulp Fiction. Hey, boy, it's cool. Right. Cool, cool. Move it on. Move it on. Pulp so uh, the common theme of the first fight was um, uh, Samuel L. Jackson with a white partner. That was a common theme. Strong so was... no characters. Yeah. Um, um, I was going to rant about uh, Hateful Eight, but I think we're – Running too long on that fight, and it was a clear <laughs> cut. You don't even want to give them. You you got no points that we didn't hit that you want to. Uh no, I think the word that you hit that I wanted to say is uh, self indulgent. It felt like Tarantino just jacking off to his own talent, and it was just boring to watch. So uh, next fight we have um, we have uh, Reservoir Dogs at number four versus Kill Bill uh, one and two. So we are going to start with uh, Brian. Uh, I want everybody to know that I didn't think these out ahead. So I don't, I like, as you see me free associate is how I will be making my decisions. Um, I only got to rewatch Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction leading up to this. Not that I was trying to rewatch all of them, but you know, it just, I was on, I was on the, I was on the flow. I was feeling it. You know, I was like trying to check them out. Um, also, Unspooled did a Pulp Fiction episode, so I had to catch it was up. Great. I had to get ready for that. So, Reservoir Dogs is—it's an amazing—it's a movie. It's a really like tight, near perfect script. Amazing. Everybody's performance. Chris Penn is a fucking tour de force he's only on screen like four times and he's so good he's so amazing um and especially as a debut movie that's that's ridiculous right that's incredible um but then kill bill is like an opus also it's like this huge undertaking it's a very also a very interesting and well written and kind of like you know quentin uh, 2's writing is always pretty solid but you know like interesting characters interesting interactions doesn't go exactly where you expect it to every time um a lot heavier he's really into his like homage phase like it's funny because people talked about it in his early career like even in pulp fiction they're like oh we get it he's a gifted mimic and he likes to like make references it was in Kill Bill where he was just like, no more references. I'm just going to do the thing I saw that I liked. <laughs> I'm just going to do it in my movie now. And um, so. <sighs> it's Kill Bill, man. Yeah. And it, it's I, I every time I watch all four, like the first four Quentin Tarantino movies, that the one I'm watching is always my favorite one. I'm always like, yep, this is my favorite. I fucking love yeah. this movie. It's so good. Um yeah. I'm not. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to make a decision. Right. No, 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 no. Brian, you're the first vote. Yeah, you oh, I gotta vote. I gotta take your feet in the fire. All right, all right. I'm going Reservoir Dogs, Ooh, and the reason right. is 
because it's so strong as a debut. I think okay. that like gives it an edge. It's just, that makes it a little bit more impressive. To All me. right, TJ, uh, give me give me your vote. We got one for WrestleRobot. I think this is one of the toughest uh, matchups, if I'm being honest. Go In ahead, round TJ. one yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, basically with this one, I've seen Reservoir Dogs a long time ago. It's been a while. Uh, both killed Bills recently, but I likened it to uh, a candy bar, a candy bar situation. You get a Snickers, it's one candy bar, it's very nice. It's full of things, it's got some great great ingredients. But you know what's better than that? A Twix bar, because it fools you into thinking there's two. So I gotta go with Kill Bill 1 and 2 on this one. Like, Kill I Bill like... 1 and 2 would be like a Twix and a Heath bar together, though. Yeah. Because they're not the same. <laughs> so basically, with this one, like, Reservoir Dogs is tight. It's got a great script, great characters. It's got the Steelers Wheel song, um probably one of the best moments ever with uh uh off the top of my head who also has an amazing scene in Kill Bill Volume Two where he yeah. finds oh, a third Madsen. Absolutely Madsen. Mr. Blonde and then he's Bud. I yeah, love him as Bud. Incredible. So like just having that That's one of the best swerves cool. in that whole movie is yeah, what, what happens with Bud. The strong backstory of Kill Bill and Uma Thurman's character and the arc she goes through. With the, I mean, it's got to be Kill Bill 1 and 2 for me. I love Reservoir Dogs, don't get me wrong. But I saw it real early in life. Kill Bill stuck me a lot longer than that. I mean, I'll definitely go back and check it out. But it's Kill Bill 1 and 2 for me. All right, so those are uh, two votes for Reservoir. I'm oh, sorry, Kill. No, no, 1 and 1. God damn it. You're 1 and 1. Uh, so you got this, buddy? <laughs> I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm leading this right into the ground. So... I feel I agree. Uh, there was a, um, there's something that Brian said that I agree with that this is the this is an impressive debut. But I feel uh, Reservoir is more um, style over substance. Like I feel like he saw a shit ton of crime movies, heist movies, and he's like, I just want to show what happens when it it goes just fucking wrong. And and the and the cool and the mystique of the of the heist of the robbers just falls by the wayside. Like yeah. uh, I think like the second scene outside of like the the seven or eight ten minute long conversation in the diner is like um, Tim Roth just bl- covered in blood and crying in the back seat. Like it's like I fucked up. It's like he's it, like all the mystique, all the oh, we're just, like, criminals just goes by the wayside. It cuts directly from the cool shot of them walking down the alley and the music and everything to him just screaming, I'm gonna die! I can't believe you fucking killed me! (laughs) But I think the the thing that's missing when compared to Kill Bill, like, both have great um, dialogue, both have great uh, blood and tension scenes, Uh, but what Kill Bill has over Reservoir Dogs is that character arcs. There's no real arc in uh, Reservoir Dogs. It's just like a cool crime movie. Like, you can just watch that and enjoy it. fucking insane. You tell me Tim Roth doesn't have an arc? There's no arc you for Tim me, Roth. He's just, a, he's just a police. Mr. White doesn't have an arc? His whole he's, thing of, like, in the end, he's he trusts this kid. He puts his whole career, his whole life on the line. Well, what's your what's the arc? That chaos, but what's the arc? How did he change? He's just He just... He just got fooled. I guess, I guess we're on the tail end of his arc. His arc is he's been this career criminal. We're seeing the end of it. We're seeing okay. the, fu- yeah. the That's final arc. moments. An arc, okay. is when you, okay. an arc is when you start as something and you end as, end up as another thing. 
because just, of an I just, experience. Don't need an arc for good moments. I don't say. I'm not saying that you need an arc. Okay, okay. Time out. This is my vote. This is my vote. I'm not saying that you need an arc for a good movie. I'm just saying that uh, arcs are a specialty for fucking uh, Tarantino, and some of his best arcs. Just like you can look at um, uh, Pulp Fiction, for example. Like, if, if I don't, I don't want to go back to it, but Pulp Fiction has a great arc with uh, Jules. Like, it's just an amazing arc for him. So, whatever. Uh, I vote for Kill Bill one two. I'm gonna save Kill Bill. Whatever I want to say about Kill Bill for the next round. So, Joe, it's it's uh, up to you. Either you push Kill or you tie it. Uh, we have uh, one for Reservoir and uh, two for Kill. Okay. Um... I want everybody to know that I felt safe voting for Reservoir Dogs, knowing that my vote wouldn't even matter. So. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, I'm going with Kill Bill, but I want to say... Maybe I don't have to yell. Oh. Was it, were you being sarcastic there? No, no. Oh, yeah. It was very loud. Oh, sorry. Um, I'm... I, 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 yeah, we're just gonna go kill Kill Bill Volume One and Two. Uh, <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. I, I agree with Brian. It's a great first debut. Oh, it's, it's great. Uh, it's a good movie. Kill Bill is just so much more complete, and it's just it's, it's also the tightest Tarantino movie. It's like a much tighter. Yeah. Less than two hours. <laughs> it, also, it's unfair that it went up against two movies. So, it that is that is a saga that could easily be one of his his best movies this could easily go to number one but i don't know i i agree it's a very impressive um debut but i what i find most impressive about it is that you can see the the growth of him like, like where he what? started like, and how he got to what he is right now Brian. which is pretty cool like uh, see, for me it's like i feel like he's almost like yeah he's changed and he's like tweaked things but he almost in reservoir dogs he almost comes out fully formed like everything that a tarantino movie is is in reservoir dogs in some way it's not yeah. fully fleshed out it might not be fully there and to come out with your first movie like that that's why i can I stand proud with this i don't have to feel shame no we're not <laughs> trying to shame you okay let's move on next one uh we're going for Oh, sorry. That the theme in that one is excessive fake blood. That was the theme in that <laughs> one. Uh, the next one, I'm gonna say the theme up front. Uh, the theme is Christoph Waltz. Uh, we have Inglorious Bastards versus the Django Unchained. Um, I think this is a good fight. Meaning this, this might be the hardest fight. Um, so we're gonna start with TJ. How about you kick off this fight, TJ? I'm going to do a normal TJ thing and throw out a little hot take here. Hot take. Glorious Bastards isn't that good. It's not what? a good movie. Oh, it's my got, God. It's got it's got three tight scenes. That's cool. It's got the milk scene. It's got the introduction to Bear Jew. And other than that, maybe when Hitler gets fucking killed. Oh, oh come my on. God. The scene in the basement, the basement bar scene no, is the don't scene. Don't give a shit about any of that. Oh. Django Unchained to me. The whole fucking last, like, half God. hours. 20 times better than Inglorious Bastards. Look, I don't, I've been fed the Nazi stuff down my throat. I grew up in a giant Jewish community. I don't, it didn't do anything for me. I get it. Great. Flip the whole script on it. Kill Hitler. Awesome. But Django Unchained for me was 20 times better. It had more of a comedic balance that you would expect from Tarantino. Also, Jamie Foxx and Christoph Waltz playing together. 
I, I'd rather have a Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx buddy cop movie than have a Christoph Waltz be a villain, which they tried to do a million times after this, and it didn't work. So there's that. Exactly. That's how like fucking great it did it. No, it didn't do it that good. Because I'd rather have Christoph Waltz be Christoph Waltz. And Christoph Waltz oh, is so pulling my pants all the way up here, man. I'm just like. So, look, I'm going jangle on this one, guys. And Glorious Bastards, sure, it's fine. But other than that, I could care less. Uh, so, um. I don't mind that you voted for Django, but god damn it, man. You're just... I, I like, like you, man. DJ could never just like two things at the same time. <laughs> All right, so uh, we have one vote one vote for um, Django. Uh, so uh, I'm up next. Um, oh, and Leo. God damn it. No, no, yeah. I, I mean, I agree that uh, Django is fun. Um, the problem with the, the main differences between the Django and Inglorious, Inglorious never um, outweigh, uh, outstays its welcome. There's a moment in the Django where you're you're expecting it to end, and it doesn't, and it goes for fucking forty minutes after that. It doesn't. And like, and, and, and know, when you're looking at your watch during a movie. That's not a good sign. You, you're, you're not supposed to go like, oh, wait. Uh, I got to go home after this bullshit. How, how long are we going to stay here? And that's not a knock against Tarantino in a sense uh, in terms of the, the length of the movies because most of these movies are two hours and 30, two hours and 40 minutes. I want to like, ask you, uh, did before the whole phenomenon with going to the bathroom during theaters, like you didn't really know movie run times until like, Endgame, right? Like it wasn't. <laughs> so I'm like wondering, is like you go into this? I don't know. I do don't remember know. dancing with wolves. Had a... Yeah, if you, Gosh, like, you go in, you're like it's long, and you just you just make people make too big of a deal about that shit. You just make your best de- guess and go, you know, I'm gonna go take a piss. Hope I don't miss anything. Best time yeah. to take a piss is directly after a big action. Scene. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Okay. don't that's be a don't be an asshole. Don't be don't be a weakling. Just hold it. I've never gone up. I've never taken a piss during a movie. Never. Cool, man. Never. Your bladder is. I'm a man. You have a masculinity bladder. I'm sorry. Keep going with your point, Yusuf. Um, I, I mean, but I do agree that, you know, Christoph Waltz is cool in that movie, but he's doing a, like a watered down version of what he did in Inglourious Bastards. And I do agree that. Uh, Leo is a fantastic villain in that movie. He's fun. That's like the first time we saw Leo other than um, like this suave leading man. He had like fucked up teeth. He was yeah, like a good bit, villain. Like he a legit a ra- villain. A big old racist. Yeah. So and and the in the final scene when he's like shake my hand and and it, it's just it's a good movie. It's fun. It's a fun movie. But Inglorious Bastards legitimately could be deemed by certain people in the internet as a masterpiece. I'm not going to say it's the best Tarantino movie, but there are elements in that movie that are legit brilliant. Like the one that you just fucking just said, like, fuck it, where just this hand movement was like a a complete uh, deterrent in the entire movie. So... It's simple things like that that you wouldn't think about being like a complete sh- game changer of how the outcome of the entire scene would have been are things of are things that you can't just go like oh fuck it it's it's a stupid thing it's like it's very it's very smart writing and I have to vote for Inglorious uh, Joe what's up um, 
This, this, this to me is the hardest matchup. Django, Django is just is such a good western. Spaghetti. And it takes you on that journey. And but but you're but you're very right. It 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 has a point where the movie should end and it just keeps going. And part of that actually, the worst part of Django is Quentin Tarantino himself. It's oh, yeah. it's it's the most it's his worst cameo because he's trying to do this Australian accent. Um it's why really the, out of why nowhere. the fuck did he pick Australian accent? No idea. I heard uh, also, that's the best accent. Everybody knows that you gotta have a good Australian either. accent. If I you're heard. gonna try and make it in this world, everybody's gotta worry about their dingo babies and whatnot. He could have been just another white guy. Why does he so, have to be an Australian white guy? Because I had I had heard uh, recently listening to some like people talking about Quentin Tarantino's. They believe that if someone had offered him to be the world's biggest movie star, he would take that over making you know films for the next ever like he'd rather be a movie see star. that he wasn't a movie remember destiny turns on the radio anybody ever remember the trailer for that no Get he on wasn't YouTube no, yeah, I mean, he's, he's at, uh little nicky uh but anyway uh but inglorious bastards man that is just an epic that to me is such a fun movie that is that is what you a fun you movie. Wit- yes yes it is that is what you wish um, like I know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is having it. I didn't see it yet, but that's what you hope that to be this like different telling of history, but still staying grounded within its world. And that to me is Inglorious Bastards, and I, it, it, it's a Bastards all the way. All right, Brian, take it us take us home. Are you gonna tie it, or are you gonna push Inglorious Bastards? Sorry, I'm trying to fix my camera. For some reason, it just switched me over to my shitty laptop camera for no Ooh, reason. Sexy. I'm saying you got a little. I know. I'm all like in the dark now. You can um, vote vote while you're. Uh, I can still fixing. talk. I'll t- I'll try to yes. do both. Don't worry. Um. So. I, the one thing I can't believe nobody talks about with Django yet is Samuel Jackson. He's great. Uh, pl- playing against type, playing maybe the most interesting character I've ever seen him play. Um, he's incredible. Uh, I. It's funny you talk about how overwrought and indulgent the ending of that is. I feel the same thing kind of about the ending of Inglorious Bastards. Like, I get it, but like as the fire rages and the machine guns blast and on and on and on and on and on, I just like it, it's a little much for me. Uh, um, yeah. But oh, overall, uh, these are both movies, and like this is a late Tarantino thing for me. I they're fine when I first see them and I enjoy them more, like both underwhelmed me at the time. And then like I, on and on, I got, I got to like them more when I watched them more, uh, which I didn't really get as much with, uh, with the, what, I was a hateful eight. The other one we were talking about, that's like how I knew that it was different, that it didn't, cause it didn't come back to me after I watched it a second time. But as far as both of these goes, I think again, I got to lean with the guys and go Glorious bastards. The three scenes that like the two TJ talked about plus the scene in the bar in the basement are better than anything in Django. There's nothing that matches it. There's not even, even as great as Leo is as great as Samuel Jackson is. There's what nothing that? that like reaches that level can in I, the whole movie. Can I so, add one point I'd like to make on Inglorious Bastards, which I'll bring up later if this gets voted is his utilization of unknown and foreign actors in that 
is so well. It, it's just it's so nicely mismatched casting. Both have strong female characters, and both have strong female characters. All right, they do, but I mean that one has a good. I mean, yeah. uh, Django just have a just who who's a strong female there? Carrie Washington, strong female character. Oh yeah, she's super strong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what's your what's your vote, Brian? I mean, he said glorious. That goes three uh, to one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so far. No close matchups. I don't know if somebody has a coin just in case. There's tough fights, but I mean, you know, we're doing oh, yeah. all right. So the last, the last, the last matchup, uh, the the common thread between both of them, they're the oh yeah, in terms of the Tarantino movies, they're like oh yeah. Death proof. Oh yeah. Those also are Jackie Tarantino. Brown. So um, we have number two, Jackie Brown, fantastic movie, and number seven, uh, Death Proof. I think it's a very underrated movie, honestly. Um, so I'm gonna start off this fight. Um, I'm gonna praise Death Proof because I'm gonna vote for Jackie Brown. <laughs> um, no, are we all in agreement we're voting for De- Jackie Brown. No. No, okay. no, I don't think so. CJ's got things to say. Look at him. Um, so spiced up. <laughs> I think Jackie Brown is fucking fantastic. I'm going to vote for it. But Death Proof is a blast. Death Proof, I mean, you have to measure a movie for what it says, sets out to be. You can't measure every single movie um, against The Godfather or against Casablanca or whatever the case may be. He set out to do a grand house type movie. He set out to do... A fucking filthy, action-packed, crazy movie, and that's what he delivered. Um, kind of like Kill Bill, he set out to do an anime, um, Asian, uh, vengeance-filled movie, and he delivered. Um, in Death Proof, we have Kurt Russell just fucking charming the hell out of everything, and you have a great female cast that have multiple scenes of great dialogue, and they all deliver. Rosario Dawson is amazing. And we have, and blanking on her name, the stunt man, the stunt woman Zoe, that I think, Zoe Bell. Zoe, uh, Zoe's amazing in this movie. This is her uh, acting her, that, debut. That scene on the hood of the car, man, like yes. my heart comes out of my chest when I watch that shit. Um, I, this movie is a blast. It has great practical effects, and it has a fantastic ending. I legit like this movie a lot. If we were to do like the end of the bracket, this would be way over in my head at least way over uh Django and Hateful Eight right really? under right under uh Reservoir Dogs for me in terms of fun rewatchable fun. I agree with seen you. it once. Um so I vote for Jackie. Um Joe, what was up? You know I've only seen Death Proof once. Uh it definitely needs to get rewatched because I didn't get it really when I watched but I also was pretty young when i saw it so maybe yeah so uh yeah i don't know i just but uh jackie jackie brown anyway (laughs) jackie brown anyways over and over again uh i love the uh black exploitation feel of it i love the resurrection of uh pam greer it's a really underrated robert de niro too as something he doesn't forget our boy from alligator (laughs) (laughs) And Robert Forrester to He didn't fix his hair. So, to me, it's Jackie Brown. I don't want to waste your time because I don't know much about Death Proof. I, I remember liking Planet Terror better when I saw it. That's probably because it was more flashy. Uh, 
Once again, I was also in the. We're like, about to have an opening on the podcast in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So to Jackie, what's up, uh, Brian? Um, I have always like I think Death Proof suffered from being the Grindhouse release. Like, had it just come out as the new Quentin Tarantino movie and just got sold as like a slasher movie where the killer uses a car instead of a knife, you know, he could have done very well. I think they were overly ambitious. I don't blame them because they were both riding real high. They're like, fuck it. We're the man. Let's do this shit. We can't lose. Um, and I enjoyed the I and like I like the ambition of the Grindhouse idea, yeah. and I didn't hate I like Planet Terror. I don't think it's as good as Death Proof, but I like the um, fake trailers. Yeah, yeah, the fake trailers were a blast. They had a lot <laughs> of cool stuff. Um, but the actual like legitimate cut that got released on DVD that it's like has the all the full scenes and everything put back together um, is really great. Um, it's definitely a movie that. It kind of like from dusk till dawn suffers from feeling like two separate movies where you have the first half and the second half so clearly delineated and feeling so very separate from each other. And I don't know, like it doesn't hurt the movie. It doesn't make it up, but it's just, it's a thing that kind of, I would criticize about it. Um, But all the performances are really great. And Kurt Russell, especially absolutely like not only charming, but like gets to play the full gamut. He's scary. He's funny. He's silly. He's pathetic. Like he, he runs the whole spectrum in that. So it's really uh, great. Uh, but Jackie Brown, I'm voting for Jackie Brown. <laughs> Jackie Brown could win this whole thing. So <laughs> TJ, whatever your, your vote doesn't matter, but if you want to say something, go for it. Uh, I just want to say both these films have very strong female led characters. <laughs> they are super I'm strong. And also, I was, like, I, I was gonna vote for Jackie Brown no matter what, but I was gonna say for Death Proof, it did that thing in the beginning, like screamed it, where it took Rose McGowan as you thought this was like gonna be the group of girls and just kind of flipped it, murdered them, and then brought a whole new group of uh, another Mary Elizabeth Weinstead too. Got I basically like yeah. one of her start in this film too. She was in that. Broke out eventually. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. one of the girls in the second group. <laughs> yeah, the cheerleader. So like, I love Death Proof. I, I agree with uh, Youssef 100. It's up there. It, and it's cool that it is kind of getting revisited and getting more yes. love now. Because I, you know, I liked it at the time, and I always thought it was a little underrated. And it seems like people are coming around a little bit to it, which is. But nice. just even like uh, De Niro in the the uh, the parking lot scene of the mall is probably one of my favorite scenes ever. He's like, she wouldn't shut up. <laughs> like, you didn't just pop her one like that's what I do when she talks too much. You pop her one. TJ on the record, he would have just hit her, not murdered. So <laughs> feminist icon TJ, <laughs> strong female character <laughs> TJ. All right, so uh, Jackie Brown. Moving on, the only upset in terms of ranking was. Um, Kill Bill over uh, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, just a quick hit uh, out of the out of the ones that were eliminated. How would you rank them in terms of the bottom? All right, guys. I have some breaking news. I just bought the Blu-ray of both Grindhouse films. <laughs> yeah, I have that too. So I, I would re- rewatch that shit. To rewatch, <laughs> just just so everyone knows, in live time, it'll be here this weekend. I would put uh, Death Proof, Reservoir, no, I would put Reservoir, Death Proof, Django, and Hateful Eight in that order, just so you know what's... Yeah, that's my ranking, too. Yeah. Cool. I would probably... All right, so... Reservoir shouldn't even be in this group. Right. That's my Pulp ranking. Fiction. Pulp Fiction versus Kill Bill. So, uh, how about, yeah, how about we start off with... It's Joe, right? Joe's turn. Yeah. 
Uh, Pulp Fiction versus Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Go ahead, Joe. Okay, baby. Uh, this... Man, these both. I feel like these both movies are also cut from the same cloth. They're also in this. It's a Kill Bill is a fantasy universe in Pulp Fiction, if you want to go by that theory, because um, that is the TV show she apparently speaks about that she had the pilot for. Yep. I mean, Tarantino uh, says that that if if they go to the movies, they would see Kill Bill. Yes. So let's see. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Pulp Fiction was, like, a definitive movie for me. I saw it when I was probably just, like, a, a little bit too young. I was probably, like, 13 or 14 when I saw it. It was just pretty new to video uh, at the time. And, like, like I tell you, I had definitely never seen something like Ving Rhames getting bent over a table and fucked up the ass. I, that is not something that had been into my movie watching uh, up until this point. That's the um, with me. Yeah, and uh, – but it just – it definitely – it changed the way it just changed what I thought movies could be. You know what I mean? And that's important to me in nostalgic wise, but even divorcing myself from that, it dropped like a bomb on the movie industry in the nineties. I mean, the, it, it's the, the like look and the feel of Tarantino from this movie specifically reverberated out for like a full 10 years to where in the early 2000s stuff's like smoke and aces and shit was still pulling, yeah. feeling like old Tarantino. Hey man, um, Lucky Number Slevin is a phenomenal episode of Flyers <laughs> Data Film. Don't you forget that. Lucky Number Slevin probably would top this list had it been made by Tarantino, unfortunately. Lucky- Lucky so. number seven is like the the Costco brand of Dr. Pepper <laughs> diet brand, you know? That's Dr. That's Brown. Probably, that's a fair analogy. I think it's um, called Dr. Diet Dr. Brown. Diet Dr. Brown. That's what you know. Marty, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, what was I? Who so was Pulp Fiction. About? I was talking about Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's really good. Um I, I just just vote for it, man. Just go for it. Well, I want to talk about Kill Bill because, like, I feel like 
the more I talk about how great Pulp Fiction is, I forget to talk about the Kill Bill's an amazing movie too. Amazing revenge movie. Um, I love the uh, the Viper Death Squad, or I, I always forget the full name, but like every character of that is cool and different and interesting and plays out unexpected ways. Like one of my favorite moments in the whole in both movies is when you um, when she fights with Oranishi. And Orinishi's like, I mocked you before, and I'm sorry. Like, that respect moment of, like, I was fucking around. That was a dis... Because you are here, and you are, like, on some business. And I should not... I need to take you seriously. And I thought oh, that was that's an amazing moment. Um, you, know, you know who I want to see in more movies after Kill Bill? And I'm, I'm upset we don't. Daryl Hannah. Yeah, she was great in that. And I thought it was going to be one of those comebacks. And she didn't really. I mean, even Jack, even uh, Pam Greer made Ghosts of Mars after Jackie Brown. She at least tried. Yeah. All right. All right. uh, Let's skip to your shot. Oh, Oh. I didn't vote. I didn't pick one. You didn't didn't pick one. Are you are you gonna surprise us and not pick Pulp Fiction? No, of course I'm gonna pick Pulp Fiction. Go on, uh, both these movies, strong female leads. Oh uh, my god! So it comes down to quotes. It comes. I wouldn't call to, Mia Wallace the lead. Yeah. She's a uh, no, no, no. I was talking about Tim, I was talking about Tim Roth's uh, Tim Roth's uh, partner in the Honey Bunny. Are you talking about Honey Bunny? Yes. Yeah. Bunny. Not a strong. Yeah, strong female lead. Um, so it comes down to quotes. Lead doesn't just mean the first person on screen in the movie. Patricia comes down to uh, my name's Buck and I like to fuck. Or it comes down to do you know what they call a quarter pounder in I forget where France. France. I, I like say what again? Do they speak English in one word? I love like I like that whole bit. That's my <laughs> say what again, motherfucker? I don't. Uh, we missed a huge character in uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2, and uh, it's Lucy Liu, the standout volume 1 from the, the scene with all the heads at the table. Oh, she's awesome, guys set off. And then the final fight, where you finally get the... You get the uh, I did just talk about that, but yeah, you're right. We missed it, I guess. You didn't say... No, you said... Uh, the, I thought... But well, you were talking about... Okay, forget it. I was talking about uh, Oren Ishii. That's Lucy Liu. Oh, I was thinking about the little... The girl and the, the crazy eights. That's oh, what yeah. you are talking about. I like that. That's cool, too. That's more flashy, though. So with that being said, it's got to be Pulp Fiction, I guess, right? I feel like we nobody's care. talked about Volume Two. Is anybody oh, talking about? I, I, I've been dying to talk about Volume Two. You should talk about. I actually will talk about Volume Two if you want. In the the snow is is gorgeous. Like that backyard in the with you know, like the cars and shit yeah, like and that. That's is, volume one though. They yeah, that's volume one. Volume two. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, uh, see, the, this is a point. This should be a point against Kill Bill as a two as a, being one movie is because part yeah. two is so much less memorable than part. No, one. I said overall, I would say you're wrong. I disagree. I legit. Okay, so okay, fine. Pulp Fiction moves on. Pulp Fiction moves on. But what do you Kill want to Bill, say? I didn't talk about Pime. <laughs> Kill Bill Volume One. It's fantastic. It's super. It's very straightforward. They she fucking wakes up. She goes to uh, Japan and kills fucking everybody. And in between, she kicks the ass of um. I got. I'm blanking on her name. Bernie Green. Taylor Hannah. No, the the lady with the man, the the daughter. 
in the in the house. Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox. She kicks her ass and then goes oh, that's to Japan. Great. Yeah, that's it's a great scene. But I prefer Volume Two in terms of movie. Like the movie of Volume Two is fucking fantastic. Her growth as a character and her search for Bill and how she becomes like this this entire person of this woman from being a vengeful spirit to a, a mother is incredible. Wait. And the and the last scene in where they're just sitting. Wait, before I go there, she fucking plugs out Daryl Hannah's eye in Volume Two. FYI, and there's a and there's a black mamba involved in that fight too. All the stuff and she with fucking destroys is great, and Daryl Hannah, all that like they totally subvert what they did in Volume One and give exactly. you a totally different thing, which I really like. I like it. I think in our Endgame episode, I likened uh, Infinity War and Endgame to Kill Bill Volume One and Two, where the oh. first one is like a totally different thing than the second one. I, I, um, I love, I love, I love Volume Two, honestly. Alright, but, but for completely different reasons. But the end shot is incredible like they have like this fucking philosophical exchange and then uma thurman just goes bah, 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 in the chest and he and bill is like oh my god he taught you the the nine palm bullshit thing Five and he and for, and out of respect he could have like killed her in the moment but just Ooh, out of respect uh, i mean i Pulp Fiction already moved on, and he just gets up off the off the chair and takes the steps to die in front of her. It's, it's a great it's a great end. So I'm picking Pulp Fiction. Nice. <laughs> so Pulp Fiction did a clean sweep on Kill Bill, right? Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not I gonna mean, be it's the way it should be. <laughs> um. So uh, next up we have Jackie versus the Inglorious Bastards. Um. I think it's uh Brian Stern. Uh, well, like I said, I kind of put my cards on the table before. I'm, I'm definitely much more a, an early Quentin Tarantino guy. Uh, his later movies uh, often underwhelmed on first viewings and took a little more for me to get into. That being said, Inglorious Bastards, I think, is the best of the movies he's made like since his fourth one. Uh, I say that even as a devoted fan of uh, Death Proof, I, I still would probably put Inglorious Bastards over that. Um Gave us Michael Fassbender. I was not f familiar with Michael Fassbender before that movie. Obviously gave us Christoph Waltz. Um, we didn't talk enough about the the girl with the, um, the movie oh, theater. The movie That's theater, a yeah. really amazing... Oh, and also uh, Daniel Bruhl, too. And I'm sorry yeah. for remembering the guy's names and not remembering her name. She has a French name. It's Sophia something, and I'm very bad with that. And that's that's very yeah. misogynistic of me for not remembering the woman's name and remembering that's all fine. the guys. Nobody, My bad. Sorry, everybody. But, hashtag uh, cancel, Brian. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. If this is the only thing that I get canceled <laughs> for, I, that's uh, pretty good, actually. Um, but, um... I love, yeah, I think her scene way more, I think I was way more invested with her than I ever was with the Bastards, you know, I think, and yeah. I think that's the way the movie is structured, uh, Melanie... you're supposed to feel, the Bastards are there for fun, and they, like, give you something flashy, yeah. uh, and I also think that fucking Brad Pitt's performance is goddamn hilarious, I'm it's blessed. incredible, Lord. when he's doing the Italian, that's the best. <laughs> My God! Diane Kruger and Melanie Laurent. Uh, uh, Melanie Laurent, sorry, I thought yeah. your name was Sophia something. I think I might have been confusing you with somebody who's in a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hermione. Uh, yeah, so you're Hermione. going with Jackie. Uh, um, Jackie Brown 
is like Pulp Fiction for the 40 plus crowd. It's like, <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing, but I think that's what's awesome about it. There's nothing wrong with that because like old people like cool shit too. And like, yeah. like Pam Greer is cool as fuck in that movie. Like, and not to ever say that she's old, but she's amazing in that. And she's like an older black woman. She's comfortable with herself. She knows her business. She knows her shit. She's just like, she that's such an amazing character it should also be noted it's like the only time that he adapted someone else's work he didn't direct his own because it's based on a book by elmore leonard right well it's kind of jack which jack brown it's kind of wild that you're off of pulp fiction and you're the hottest thing in town and ballsy ass choice to go and make jackie brown as your next movie elmore leonard uh fucking uh, adaptations got huge there from like the late nineties to the early two thousands. They made like four or five of them, big trouble and the big bounce and a bunch of them. The, all these dumb movies that like, none of them were nearly as good as Jackie Brown, oh, but they clearly like the source material was decent enough to get all these people interested. I'm not super familiar, but, um, yeah, but I mean, oh, I'd say you're, you're Quentin Tarantino and like people are just like in awe of, Pulp right, fiction. you've knocked it out of the park basically twice already. <laughs> so, you're... No, I agree, it's an interesting choice. Um, You know, Sam Jackson gets to come back and be cool, but still be totally different than Jules. Um, Tucker. Yeah. I'm only talking here because I going first, I don't know how, how this is going to go, and I might not get a chance to say all these things about Jackie Brown if it gets voted out. Um... So I'm going to vote for Jackie Brown. I uh, like Inglourious Bastards and everything. And like I said, it grew on me for sure. But Jackie Brown is a, an amazing movie. And the fact that it's the one that's like, oh, that's a Tarantino movie. That's blasphemy to me. I mean, that like that like physically hurts I agree. me. That, it, that it's cool. like cool. wouldn't cool. be at the top of everybody's list. Jackie, next. Wait, so wait, I Joe, agree that it shouldn't be. So Joe, TJ, what's up with you, man? Joe, what'd you vote for? Oh, I'll just vote. I didn't vote yet. Oh, you didn't vote. So I'm the only one. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm gonna go in Glorious Bastards. It's a great film. The milk (laughs) is great with Crystal. Uh, uh, He's just playing the numbers game now. Fuck that. Jackie Brown wins all day, baby. That movie's so good. Bridget Fonda and Robert De Niro fucking in the kitchen. Yes. Where is it, Lewis? (laughs) (laughs) All day. Uh, I'll fuck it. I'm I'm gonna vote for Inglorious. Um, just for the just for the opening sequence, it's just brilliant writing. How he just shows us the bomb, and we're just waiting for the bomb to explode of the of the family underneath the cupboards. Um, and then that is super well paid off during the strudel scene in the restaurant uh, when she comes face to face with Christoph Waltz and and her pathos uh, revenge in the end when she just burns the entire theater is great. Um, I'm gonna vote for Inglorious. Just, just I'm playing the numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Go ahead, Joe. Well, we'll add another number to that, and uh, uh, something really inspired about casting your buddy Eli Roth as the Bear Jew. <laughs> somehow, the word steals. "inspired" and Eli Roth should never be in the same sentence. Yeah. Man. And That's somehow cool. steals that scene, and. Don't forget the Schmodown Sam Levine. Oh. Yeah, he's, he's fun in that movie, too. Ben Novak is one of the bastards. Uh, BJ, BJ Novak is one of the bastards. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Adam Sandler was supposed to be the Bear Jew, but uh, 
already committed to funny people. Oh. Oh, is that funny? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go to Glorious Bastards. Oh, you are? Oh, 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 now you done fucked up, Yusef. Now we're going to do a coin flip, and the wrong movie's going to get ahead because of your bullshit. All right. Uh, heads. What do you want to go with, heads or tails? Tails is Jackie. Tails is Jackie? All right. It's a Pokemon coin. Shiny side is heads. Black side is tails. That's racist. Tails. Jackie Brown wins. All right, Jackie. Uh, Good luck to you, Seth. I hope so. I've been holding that shit against you, too. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so the 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 finals is no surprise. Is number one versus number two? We have. I think uh, it would be surprising to some people, though. Uh, yeah, some dumb people. I think that, a lot of people listening surprising. to this, the, of the four people that listen to this, two of them might be surprised. All right, <laughs> you should watch Jackie Brown again. Um, so and watch Death Proof again too. You've been oh, sleeping on sure. that one. Watch everything except Hateful Eight and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Although I can I say this guilty pleasure, I I, I do kind of or not not even a pleasure, but like I kind of am interested in watching that Hateful Eight where he broke it up into four parts on Netflix and like yeah I watched I watched the first Netflix? episode. You made that in episodes. Yeah, he chopped yeah, it up like, and re-edited yeah. it and put it out as episodes. I think and it I'm works. I'm interested to see how it plays like that. Can I watch works... the full movie? It works... Yeah, the full movie's on there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it works in a sense that you can stop watching it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just watch the one episode you want to. It's like there's four parts yeah. of the movie, but one is good, you know? I just, I mean, I didn't talk about it, but it's just so self-indulgent. It's so much N-words, and it's so much them beating on women that it gets to a point that it's just like okay we get it can we do something different so the finals pulp fiction versus jackie brown and also i want to say this real quick i'm not saying that tarantino is racist um he's given a lot of black actors like some great performances some great intelligent characters and the reason why this is saying i just said that the n-word thing and the reason why i'm saying this is because in jackie brown we have an incredible black woman leading the charge and a great performance by Samuel Jackson. And also in Pulp Fiction, we have Ving Range just killing it and Samuel Jackson killing it as well. So I just don't want to be like, oh, he's calling Tonantino racist. That's not what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. Well, right. if you look at it, his uh, the way he used that word and everything changed as he actually matured yeah. and kind of realized later. He, so he says. So he says. <laughs> so we we have the pleasure of starting with TJ Dex in the yeah. final. The hot take machine is in the house. What's your movies made to the finals? Just kidding, guys. Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. Too strong female Jackie Brown. Natural born uh, killers. Uh, this one's tough. These are probably my top, at least in my top. How many movies did he make? Eight. Nine. These are my top nine. Yeah, these are my top nine Tarantino movies of all time. Uh, <laughs> Pulp Fiction. I like that. I well, I mean, it's kind of. I love the journey that you finally get of Samuel Jackson, John Travolta in the diner, in their boxers, in these t-shirts, just completely just out of whack. You don't really know where it's going until you go back. The quick, the classic. Wild is you know. know where it's going because you already saw Travolta die. 
<laughs> so you get this whole like the, the classic Tarantino where they do the reverse before the the actual story where people bring that up. That's where I love the the Pulp Fiction from. Jackie Brown. I mean, I don't know. For this, this is a tough one. It's probably the this obviously our number one and two seeds. I'll let you guys talk more. I'm going Pulp Fiction on this one. Nice and easy. Oh. Yeah, nice and easy. So um, I guess um, I'm next. Um, I don't know. I feel like a douche when I when I say I love Pulp Fiction because it's been so bastardized on the internet by those film bros. Right. Um, but that's not your. That's not no, your. No, no, fault. no. Like... I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm. I'm. That's what I'm building up to. But it's hard to not see the merits in it. Like this movie is legit fucking great in terms of how he used what influenced him and created his own style. You can see the homages, you can see um, the dance, the dance sequence where yeah. he where he took it from, the the briefcase opening, the back of the head shots from from Trudeau. Like you see all those things, but it's so much at the same time that it becomes Tarantino. Like if if he only mimicked one director in the entire film, you would go you're just fucking copying that director. But once he, once he just feels more like that, where it's like one more, like more one style. Um, yes, it is one style, but it's different directors at the same time. But since it's, you know, Asian cinema, um, it does feel since we don't, we're not that experienced as him Back because he called me a racist. You guys, did you see that? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm um, saying like, I can well, see where a white guy like you would mesh all them together. You fucking racist. That's what he said. Did you hear him? I'm sorry. Jones starred in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, racist Brian. I didn't mean to call you racist. Um, so that's what I'm trying to say. Like, um, so once. Once we look at Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown, even though it is an uh, homage to black black exploitation films and all that stuff, it doesn't feel as if he's trying to do something he saw. Like it is, but Pulp Fiction feels more like that. Jackie Brown feels more like him trying to be his own director. And then he just walked away from that and he started just mimicking everybody again. Like it, there are mimics because he does mimic the, the graduation uh, airport scene and he does mimic how uh, camera movements in Black Force, uh, Black First Station films and, and, and Jackie Rears and some of them. And he does frame her in the way in the same way that she was blah, 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 blah. Jackie Brown, <laughs> that's my vote. Those are some nice. tight details at the end. <laughs> I, I just feel no, like but I know exactly what you mean. Like he, like those are still there. All the little like nuance, all the little touches, all the little nods are there. But they feel like they're just in his movie, whereas now they feel like they are the movie. Like who's the guy, look who's at this the guy shot that of, I took from something else. You know, like, who's the guy got cut out of Back to the Future? Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yes. didn't he have a great scene with the adrenaline shot? great scene yeah that's a great scene yeah it's a really good scene i also love <laughs> underrated moment is when vincent when he asks vincent to stay and get high with that girl and she he's like is that the one chick with all the shit in her face he's like no <laughs> that's my wife <laughs> no and i love that because that's how like in the whole thing guys like that some fucked up poobot to my house <laughs> <laughs> that's like a precursor to the dude too exactly how eric stoltz is too yeah. 
Yeah. Same book. Same hair. So we're we're uh, we're one and one, Joe. Where are you going with uh, this uh, this uh, final? I don't know. I just I'm going Pulp Fiction. I I have I as much as I want to give Jackie Brown the cool vote, my heart goes with Pulp Fiction. That was that was a racist comment. No, it's more <laughs> of a. Uh, you know what? Orlando Jones got shot in the back of that car in Pulp Fiction, and uh, you just gotta go with our. You shot Marvin in the face. That's such a good scene. <laughs> and the wolf. You yeah. can say that about every damn scene of that. Every, of Pulp every scene. Should we talk about Bing Rames getting fucked yet? Yes. Uh, yeah. The body yeah. situation. I talked about how it just changed me as a person seeing that shit. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I watched yesterday uh, Burn After Reading and Groundhog Day from, in preparation of this, in this bracket. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so... It's uh, it's tied up. <coughs> no, Brian. Oh, I get the final vote. Yeah, it's oh. the final. So vote. much power, so much power here. Plug your show. Yes. <laughs> DVD bunker. I didn't cover any uh, Tarantino movies on my show. Too mainstream, you know. Oh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I already talked about how you know Pulp Fiction turned me into a cinephile basically it changed me as a person and made me look at movies differently um when i said that jackie brown was pulp fish for old people i think part of what i meant was that it's mature compared to pulp fiction um it feels very much the same but it also feels like he in right. pulp fiction the non-linear storytelling is just it, uh, it's just for fun. It's just like a show-off-y kind of like storytelling thing. In Jackie Brown, it means something. The nonlinear storytelling is the way the heist is un- unveiled and the way information is uh, revealed to you. Um, Pam Greer is incredible. Uh, and if Jackson. this list... Samuel Jackson is great, and I think I said it earlier, but just like cool and but different, and or like Ordell thinks he's Jules, but he's not, you know, and it's that's a really interesting nuance to that character. The whole thing between him and Lewis, and and then Lewis and Bridget Fonda is so great that all the all three of those dynamics are amazing. Um, and if this was the if this was like my favorite Tarantino bracket it would easily be Pulp Fiction because I could just be like, yeah, this movie like is part of who I am. Like I sat there and watched it last night and every musical cue and every fucking quote over and over and over again, you find yourself just saying the fucking lines along with it. But if I have to say, what do I think is the best? And I'm sitting here talking it out free associating. Yes, I think Jackie Brown is the best Quentin Tarantino. Movie. Leave it to the calling. Wow. We're doing a coin flip. For the yeah. final, people love that, you know, when they don't get a definitive answer and it's all left to chance. I've heard that Ina, people really enjoy that. Let's ask I don't like a Christopher Nolan movie. Who voted? Yeah. Who voted for uh, Pulp Fiction? Me and uh, Joe. Joe and Joe and you. Did uh, yeah. did Brian or you just sway you, Joe, at all to change your vote? Well, that's the thing I was struggling with. My vote is why I said like the cool pick being Jackie Brown is like. It makes me Fucking want to racist vote. Again, no. man. God damn it. it. It makes me want to vote for Jackie Brown 
because now by you're just typing racist. No, no, no. You don't have to do it because Jesus it's Christ, you're not letting like it's the cinephile nerd <laughs> shit. To do. You can be true to yourself, Joe. That's, that's what people I, want. I'm sticking people with my want vote. that authenticity. I'm, I'm sticking with my vote. My point being is your affinity for Jackie Brown makes me want to go back and watch Jackie Brown. Uh, which I, I think it's like one like it's like every three years probably or so Jackie Brown as opposed to Pulp Fiction could be every three months. Yeah, that's the difference. Ooh, so we going to coin flip? Oh, oh man, technology, Content. baby! Hey, check out our Patreon. Wait, what was what? All right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's Pulp Fiction. That's Pulp Fiction. This will be Pulp Fiction, but you all weren't looking, so. I was looking. All right, one more time. Two out of three. Yeah, okay, sure. I think these digital coins. Tails. <laughs> all right, guys. This is now we've had one of each. We can do best so of look, five now. Right, here we go. More. Here we go. One more. We're going to do. We're gonna... Oh, Jesus Christ. Two out of three. Best two out of three. All right. Oh, there we go. Pulp Fiction is the winner. We're going to be those douches. All right. So we did it, guys. We did a bracket. We talked a lot. It ran long, like always, because we were just having too much fun. Uh, once upon a time in Hollywood sucks ass. Hollywood, uh, hateful eight sucks ass. Turn I don't. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so I cannot. Co- I'm not going to co-sign that it sucks ass. Oh, co-sign, co-sign. That is not the official stance of this podcast. Co-sign. co-sign. Um. So, Pulp Fiction. Best Tarantino movie, I guess. It's hard um, to argue with. I mean, honestly, either one of those, it could have been co-winners. Go uh, watch, you know. go watch Jackie Brown. Go watch Kill Bill Two. Go uh, watch Death Proof. Go watch Death Proof. Tarantino's a cool guy. He's very into feet. He likes to say that word, and he over over indulges in runtime. Uh, where the can the people honestly, find? for one of those what? artists who could basically do whatever he wants. He still pumps out a pretty decent product, so I give it to him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. Also, uh, Brian, and, uh... where can the people find you? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Herskules. You can search the DVD Bunker wherever you listen to podcasts and find old episodes of that. I also post all the new content from Flyover on that channel. Eventually, it all gets there. So that's it. That's all. Uh, TJ, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys are on Flyover State of Film YouTube right now. You can find me on Twitter at TJ Dex. I did an episode of DVD Bunker with Brian of the Zodiac. Uh, me and Yusef wrote an article about Mac and me, and me and Joe masturbate while watching sports. See you later, guys. <laughs> Joe, where can the people find you? I guess masturbating with TJ. Yes. Ooh, who comes Back first? All right, no, you can find me at uh, Chandinga One. Uh, doing Twitter things. Love uh, those Twitter things. Me, me on Flyover State. For the uh, next episode, make sure you watch uh, Surviving the Game. Oh, nice. yeah. Nice poll. Get, get prepped, baby. So, uh, why I love movies, why I love movies.com. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Peace.